Welcome back to another episode of Highlighted the All Sports Culture Podcast. It's Sully. We got Kurt, and today we're going to be playing Contender Pretender for the 2020 NBA playoffs. And then we're going to finish it up ranking the top 10 quarterback and head coach duos in the NFL. So it's going to be a fun one. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Getting right into it. NBA playoffs. I mean, if they happen, they better they better happen. Uh, because, I don't know, Kyrie's trying to, like... Although, although I do want to say that Kyrie news apparently was fake, and now he's, like, really pissed off that people are, like, making up news about him just because everyone thinks that he's, like, a cancer in the locker room. And now, basically, anyone in the media can say whatever they want about Kyrie Irving, and anyone will believe it. I believed it, that he wanted to start his own league, and apparently he never said that. So, uh, which is pretty messed up, because... He's a great player when he's on the court, but now he's pretty much just his image. His image is just destroyed, right? But um, which sucks. But uh, getting into it, pretender or contender. Also, we're going to be throwing around some dark horse, maybe some of their teams that can make a run that you wouldn't really think making a run here. Um, but yeah, just starting off. Obviously, we'll go one seed to the nine seed or to the eight seed. I mean, um, starting off with number one in the East, Milwaukee. Uh, I mean, we could just switch back and forth, Kurt. I'll go first. Um, number one seed, Milwaukee contenders easily. Um, like I said, like we've said many times before on this podcast and many other times outside of the podcast, it, it always comes down to the star player, obviously, and Giannis. He obviously is going to win MVP this year, and he's had an incredible season, but he did the same thing last year, and he fell apart in the playoffs just because – um, teams focus much more on defensive schemes and they're able to game plan. They have a longer time between games. Um, and they, they can, you know, you can shut down a player like Giannis, who's not one dimensional, but he doesn't have his, he doesn't have the full game. Someone like KD or LeBron. Um, he, he's done, you know, his playmaking is a little lacking. It's, it's pretty good. It's gotten better this year. And obviously his outside shot is not great, but it's okay. So I think that he's going to have a much better postseason this year. Definitely contenders being that the Bucs are a great overall team, even if he doesn't have an outside shot. And if he can get an outside shot going, I think they have a really real chance to actually bring this home. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think they're a contender. I'm a huge Giannis fan. I know we both know that, and we don't really understand the Giannis criticism. Uh, so you see Giannis is going to win his second MVP this season. And I think that when people are talking about contenders – you know, we only really see Western Conference. We usually see Lakers and Clippers, and occasionally we see a Bucks thrown into the mix. But I really think that this Bucks team can make a, you know, can make some noise in the playoffs, and especially in the NBA Finals against whatever LA teams can be matching up against them. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks have an incredible team, and it's not just with Giannis. They also have, you know, Brooke Lopez. They also have Eric Bledsoe and many other, you know, not well-known stars. I guess not. And I guess that's not the right term, but like not a lot of, yeah, like, I mean, good role players. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think that they, they deserve to be in that mix of who could win the NBA finals. And I know we discussed this. If Giannis leads them to the finals and wins it, then in my opinion, there's no question about it. He's the best player in the NBA as of right now. So I think that the bucks are definitely a contender. And I think that when people are talking about a team that will win it all, I think people should bring up Milwaukee more. And I'm so excited to see what they can do in the playoffs. And I know that everyone likes to criticize Giannis for like, you know, not doing well in the playoffs last year, losing to the Raptors. But, you know, I just feel like, you know, this season could be different. I think that judging him off of one season is not very fair. And I think that what we can see maybe this year will be likely a different scenario than what we've seen in the past. Yep. 
Totally agree. Uh, what do you think about the one seed in the West, the Lakers? Yeah, so the Lakers have always been kind of my pick since the beginning of the season. I know that's the same with you and the Clippers. I'm going to stick by the Lakers. Um, LeBron James, what he's doing at the age of 35 is just sensational. And I'm a, you know, big LeBron fan. I think anyone who's very involved with the NBA loves this, uh, loves LeBron and loves, you know, this Lakers team. And obviously the addition of Anthony Davis was such a big addition to the offseason. We've seen that, you know, not even making the playoffs this year and bringing in Anthony Davis, you know, they're now a one seed in the West and the loaded West. So we got to give a lot of credit to what that Lakers organization did, bringing in a star player and Anthony Davis. So when you have a one, two punch in LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and also I can go on with the role players like Danny Green, Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, et cetera. Everyone knows how good that role, you know, that whole Lakers team is. So with me, there's no reason to believe that this Lakers team can't win at all, at least make the final. So to me, it's an easy decision. They're a contender. And I still think they're my pick for uh, winning it all this year. Uh, yeah, totally reasonable. Obviously, they're not my pick. Like you said, I have the Clippers, but we can discuss that when we talk about the Clippers. But um, overall, LeBron, AD, definitely in a ridiculous duo. AD hasn't had much playoff success, but for the most part, he's been mostly all by himself besides, you know, the top 10 player, Drew Holiday, by, that James thinks that he is. Um, but, yeah, AD's been relatively by himself, so he can't hold that playoff success or pl- lack of playoff success against him too much. But um, looking at the Lakers here, Dwight, Avery Bradley, they going to be playing? Uh, I mean, it's going to be – it's hard to say who really knows at this point. They both haven't really committed yet, although, I mean, no one is technically committed to playing. Uh, I mean, I would assume that everyone's going to play until they say they're not playing. But Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard have both shown a little bit of, you know, pushback to all this idea of playing again. So who knows if they're going to be playing, if they're missing both those players. Um, I mean, I think Dwight Howard is maybe a little bit bigger of loss to their team than Avery Bradley is, but both are definitely pretty good role players for them. So that would hurt. But I mean, LeBron is definitely just on a mission right now. Um, We've seen Kawhi get the best of him in other games and other playoff series, but at the same time, it's, I mean, what is getting the best of LeBron? He's still probably going to get a triple double. He's still probably scoring 30 points. I mean, I don't expect him to have another showing like he had on Miami. He's an older – I mean, he's an older player, so he's not – I mean, technically you could say Miami LeBron was better, but he's more experienced. He's more mentally tough right now. Um, I'm not expecting any, any, um, a game like that, even if he's up against Kawhi. So, I mean, obviously contenders is my answer for the Lakers. They have as good a shot as anyone in this um, in the league right now and maybe the best, but um, – yeah, they're definitely a great team. And LeBron's on a mission. And I'm not in – I mean, I respect LeBron. I respect the greatness, second best player of all time. But, obviously, I'm not a massive fan. I'm not, like, an outright fan of LeBron. So, I'm not really rooting for him to win. But, I mean, it would be cool to see him win in L.A., got to admit. Yeah. Um, moving on to the Raptors, though, the two seed in the East. I mean, I want to say contenders because the Raptors are really, really good. And me not saying contenders, honestly, is just underrating them because they are a very, very good team. I mean, you can just see in the record they're second in the East at 46 and 18. I mean, they're just a beast. But at the same time, it's like they don't have that star player. And you rarely see teams win without a star player. I mean, you remember remember the Hawks, like, I don't know what it was, like six years ago. Yeah. Maybe like – they, like they were the number one Smith, seed. Kyle Korver, that team. Yeah, they, they yeah. were the number one seed, and they got destroyed. I think they got swept, or they got gentlemen sweep um, by the Cavs. Or was it the Cavs or the Heat? 
It was uh, one of LeBron's teams. Yeah, the point is they disappointed. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you don't have that like star player that goes above and beyond the rest of the team, it's hard to win games. I mean, they're very they're a very good unit. They play great defense. Pascal Siakam is a beast. Kyle Lowry kind of broke out of his shell where he couldn't perform in the playoffs. Maybe that was because he had Kawhi Leonard next to him, but who knows? Maybe he can continue that. Um, I, I want to say contenders for the Raptors because they're so good, but I'm more going to say – I mean, I, yeah, I want to – I don't know. I, I feel like I would give them Dark Horse because, yeah. honestly, it's like they, – they, you know what I'm saying? They're just not a team where I feel like they can, like, take the Lakers, like, head up on a matchup. Right, no, just, no, like, it makes sense. Them. But at the same time, you're also saying, like, it'd be unfair to say them as a pretender because of Exactly, exactly, because they are a great cohesive unit. So it's like it, they can make it work, but I just think it's hard for them to win without a star player. Right. So – I have loved the Raptors for a long time now. And it's a little bit, I guess you could say, an unpopular opinion because whenever people are talking about the Eastern Conference Finals, we hear Bucks Celtics. But I don't want to count against this Raptors team so far because Nick Nurse is on his way to win Coach of the Year. And I think that most of us for the, you know, most of us can agree on that part. And I look at this Raptors squad and I think that, like you said, they don't have a star player. And that's kind of what made them win the NBA Finals last year, having a Kawhi Leonard on that team who could, you know, down the stretch, make some big buckets and play primetime defense. But when you're looking at this Raptors squad, I still think it's a very underrated squad. You have players like Marcus Saul, who was just, you know, phenomenal as a big man. You have Kyle Lowry, who, you know, was an all-star this year and has just continued to do so well. Fred Van Vliet, who I know we agree is probably going to get a big contract sometime soon but what he's done in his role for this Raptors team is just phenomenal and obviously not making that much of a money so from a financial standpoint he's a great addition to the team and then Pascal Siakam who the jump he's made in such a small sample size is just extraordinary and I'm a big Pascal Siakam fan so when you look at this Raptors squad you know they don't have that number one guy and I guess maybe you could say it is Pascal Siakam but they don't have like a true number one phenomenal player and you know, yes, that's probably going to hurt them. That's why I don't even have them going to the NBA Finals. But I'm not counting against them not making the Eastern Conference Finals and giving, you know, I think it would be Milwaukee a run for their money because I think that especially, you know, in the playoffs, you're going to ha- have to have a phenomenal head coach that's kind of leading the way. And Nick Nurse, you know, what he's done, winning 46 games so far without Kawhi Leonard, is just extraordinary to me. And I love this Toronto team. And, you know, I don't know if contender is the right word, like we said, because I don't expect them to make the NBA finals, especially when you got the Bucks right there who's playing exceptional basketball with Giannis. And, you know, I could even say, you know, I think Boston could make the East Conference Finals or the, or the NBA finals. But to me, I'm not riding against this Toronto team. And to me, I think the perfect word to use for them is dark horse. Yeah, and, and I also just want to add, I didn't, we both agree that they don't really have that star player. I mean, Siakam is kind of – he's close. close. To, he's obviously the number one option. But at the same time, like, he could emerge as a star. He's obviously had a great progress through last year to this year. And going into the playoffs, he can make another jump. You know, everyone elevates their game a little bit. And he could obviously have a great postseason. He could lead the Raptors to the finals. Obviously, I don't see them winning. But – Next year, he could be known as a superstar in this league. It's totally possible. And we uh, probably a year really, too early, but yeah, we haven't really seen Siakam. We've seen what he can do by himself in the regular season, but obviously, the difference between the regular season and the playoffs is a huge deal. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do and how he can lead this team as the number one in the playoffs. So I'm excited to see that. Um, but if you're okay, we can move on to the Celtics. Yep. Or do you want to? 
Yeah, all right. So yeah, with, we can go Celtics. Yeah, we can go Celtics and do Nuggets. So with the Celtics, everyone loves the Celtics. Oh, wait, team. we didn't talk about the Clippers. You're right. My bad. All right, so we'll do Clippers. My bad. So, yeah. yeah. So the Clippers, I truly think, are going to go. I think if there's a Western Conference Finals, you know, I think we're definitely going to see the Clippers and the Lakers. They're just the two best teams by far, in my opinion, in the Western Conference. And I really think that that has a chance to go seven games and be such a tight series the whole way through. Kawhi Leonard, what we saw last year in the playoffs with him, with Toronto, was just extraordinary. And he really showcased himself being the best player in the league. Um, And then you look at Paul George on that squad too. You know, Paul George has had a little bit of a weird season for the Clippers. um, But I think that when you get him and Kawhi healthy in the playoffs, they could do some really big damage because we saw what Paul George did, you know, last season. Um, being on OKC, and I remember at some point everyone was saying he is in contention for MVP. And to, you know, have a player that can maybe be an MVP, you know, candidate in Paul George, we have to acknowledge how good he is. And then obviously to round out the squad, you have Patrick Beverly. And I could go on and on about how phenomenal this team is. And everyone knows how good the Clippers are. And a lot of people like you, Sully, have them winning the NBA Finals. To me, they are definitely a contender, and I will not be surprised if they do end up making the NBA Finals and replacing the Lakers like I predicted. But to me, I think it will be the Lakers. But in my, you know, I would have no problem with them making the Finals, and they're still a contender to me, and they're going to make a lot of noise in the West. Yeah, uh, I, I think I tend to relatively overrate depth in the playoffs. I think it's, I mean, I always thought it was really, really important just because. Um, you know, players are trying to play a lot of, you know, LeBron's going to play, he's going to average like close to 40 minutes in the playoffs. Um, he, he's going to be, there's going to be some games where he's very, very tired, especially down the stretch in like a seven game series. I think depth plays a big part, but I do think I've overrated it in the past just for, to give an example, I had the Raptors beating, um, LeBron, I think like two years ago, no, three years ago. When you remember when LeBron made that game winner against Toronto, that like insane runner on the left side. Yes, I do. Of the, like all the way down the court. Yeah. Um, I had the Raptors beating the Cavs that year and they gave him a run for that money. And that was the first game of the series. I'm pretty sure that buzzer beater. And it was very, very close just because it was basically LeBron versus the Raptors and the Raptors were a very, very good team. I think they were the one seed. They were um, the one Obviously seed. that was DeMar and Kyle Lowry and they had just a ton of depth on that team. So I thought that they would be able to use that depth and beat LeBron, who was basically just by himself. Um, obviously, they got destroyed because LeBron literally just lives in DeMar's head, like a lot of people do. But, uh, I mean, it's just I, – I, like I was saying, I think I overrate depth a little bit, but it's like at the same time, the Clippers have the star power. They have Kawhi. They have PG. I mean, Lou Williams is basically like one of the – I mean, I'm not going to say he's one of the best scorers ever, but like he's, he's, he's one of the better scorers to – just strictly score. He's very, very good. Obviously like sixth man of the year is, should be named the Lou Williams reward. <laughs> um, obviously Carol's a beast. Uh, Beverly is kind of overrated, but he still is great for the playoffs. Grit and grind. You know, he brings that like personality to get in people's heads. Um, so they do have great depth. They have the star power too. Um, great defense, obviously good for the playoffs. I think it's going to be, it's it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be it's going to come down to Kawhi versus LeBron, and whoever can outplay the other person, I think will probably win. Also, guarding AD when you're the Clippers is not the easiest thing to do, but at the same time, guarding Kawhi when you're the, the Lakers isn't going to be easy. So, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, that's obviously a contender for both of us. LA has as good a shot as anyone. And, uh, I mean, honestly, do you, I think I would flip a coin and I like, I don't think you can predict this LA matchup. Oh, right. And that's why, like, to me, if people have the Lakers winning, I'm fine with it. If the Clippers are winning, I'm fine with it because there's yeah. really no right answer to that scenario. Cause really we don't know what's going to transpire in those, what's likely to happen a Western conference finals. Yeah, especially with all this rest, too. I mean, Kawhi is known for a guy that gets a lot of rest, so maybe he's one that needs it a lot. I don't know why he would, but, like, maybe he's just someone that needs a lot of rest, so now he's going to be ready to go. LeBron, obviously being 35, can use all the rest that he gets. So it's it's going to be – it's definitely going to be an interesting game, and hopefully everyone's at the top of their – all healthy and at the top of their game. Yeah. So we definitely better get that in the Western. If we don't get that in the conference finals, that is going to be, like, never getting a Kobe-LeBron – right uh, finals like that's just going to be devastating because that series is going to be unbelievable but um moving on to the third seed in the east the celtics what do you think okay so the celtics to me everyone has the celtics i guess going to the eastern conference finals and i'm not opposed to that and i think that what we've seen from boston you know having uh you know an incredible roster an incredible head coach they have every reason to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. So to me, they're still a – I wouldn't say they're – I would say they're a contender, I think. I'm, I was contemplating between contender and dark horse. Like, I think it's unfair for, like, the top three seeds to be a pretender, in my opinion. So I'll, I, I don't know. But with Boston, um, they have, like I said, an incredible roster and kind of the way they've progressed throughout the season, they've gotten better. And I think that this rest could give them a good chance of passing Toronto for that two seed. Um, but to me, you know, it's obviously it runs the question on if they can get to the NBA finals because that's their ceiling. And I don't expect them, though, if they do get to the NBA finals to, you know, really put up a good, I guess, fight against the L.A. teams. Because in my opinion, those L.A. teams absolutely, you know, I don't know if destroy is the right word, but I would t- take the L.A. teams in like five or six games against the Celtics team. But I do like the Celtics team, obviously, with Kemba Walker. On the squad, you got Jason Tatum, who is just emerging as a star, and I absolutely love Jason Tatum. And I can go on about some of the, you know, death players on that roster. But to me, this Celtics team, you know, I think that their ceiling is the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe Finals, but I don't in any way see them, you know, winning at all. So I would think that the right word would be contenders for the fact that I think they can make some noise in the playoffs and maybe go to the NBA Finals. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that best they could do is Eastern Conference Finals, but I don't want to say pretender because obviously if you're going to the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe even the NBA Finals, you're not really a pretender in that instance. Uh, so to me, I think that contender is the right word, but I don't expect them to win it all. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give them Dark Horse just because, I mean, same, pretty much the same reason you just said. I don't expect them to even win the Eastern Conference or make it to – um, yeah, I don't expect them to win the Eastern Conference. Definitely don't expect them to go to the finals, even though those are the same exact thing. Uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, but, but basically the same reason you said. I'm not expecting them to win the Eastern Conference. So it's like I, I want to give them contender just because they are a very good team. And I'm not going to be shocked if they win the Eastern Conference. Um, I don't really think they have anyone that's going to be able to guard Giannis. But at the same time, it's like – the Celtics are a very good squad. I mean, Kemba, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, 
they're just one of the most well-rounded teams in the league. And from a talent standpoint, everyone on their roster, their starting five is very, very good. Uh, they do definitely lack a center, which is tough. Um, I mean, like a strong rim protector. But, uh, I mean, you got Daniel Tice. Like, I don't know how much he's going to be blocking Giannis at the rim. But uh, not that anyone really can. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give them Dark Horse just because I'm going to be relatively surprised if they do win the East. But it's also – not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Just because they are very good. Um, so moving on to the third seed in the West, Denver. I'm a big Denver fan. Obviously, Jokic is better than Embiid. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm a pretty big Denver fan. They definitely seem like they might be too young still. They might need another year. But I mean, skinny Jokic, I mean, honestly, like we can joke around all we want, but like that is going to make a major impact one way or the other. He might, be, he could be worse, he could be better. It's gonna it's gonna change him a lot. Like mm-hmm. you can't. He's literally thirty to forty. He's like thirty pounds less, and he. It's gonna be very interesting to see what kind of player that he is. So I mean, I think Denver is very well rounded. I do think that as good as Jokic is, the team goes as far as Jamal Jamal Murray is gonna take them, just because he's kind of the scorer. Jokic is more of the playmaker. He definitely does a good bit of scoring, and he's pretty clutch, but. For the most part, it's Jamal Murray that's, you know, shooting shooting lights out some games where they're blowing teams out. And then other games, he's going, you know, one for nine from three and they can't win a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, Jokic is still their best player. But Jamal Murray is really this X factor for this team because when he's on, he can score 30 points a night. He's a great player, but uh, obviously got a big, huge contract. He deserves it. But at the same time, consistency is a little off with him sometimes. He's still a young player. It's probably will get better. Um, but I do think that this team goes as far as Jamal Murray is going to take them just because I think Jokic is going to perform because he's a great playoff. Um, obviously last year he killed it in the playoffs and I think that's going to continue. Yeah. So Denver is, I know we've been saying this for so long, but they just have such a good young core and you're kind of waiting for them to just kind of in a way hit their peak or prime, whatever term you want to use. Um, and I think that we've, are going to see them time and time season by season get better. And I still think as of right now, they're still a little bit on the younger side to make a big push for those NBA finals. You know, like you said, and like we talked about Nikola Jokic, like it is going to be so interesting to see what happens with him because he could either be like simply phenomenal or it could obviously the the loss of weight could just take a toll on him. Like we really just don't know. But you look at yeah. other players on this team, like a Jamal Murray, like I said, and I, I'm a big Jamal Murray fan, but from a consistent point of view, he's just really not that good. Um, so I know you kind of just talked about this, but it's going to be really interesting, interesting to see how he does in the playoffs and what his role is and how well he can do. And you look at other members on this team, like Will Barton is playing phenomenal during the regular season. Like I think he's averaging 15 points per game, which a lot of people did not expect him to do even though he's still making, I think, like 12 mil a year, but he's having a pretty good season. Um, you got a Gary Harris. Like, there's a lot of players on this team they look at, and they're very good, you know, role players, I guess you could say, not really stars. So, you know, I love this Nuggets team, but when you're comparing them to, like, the Clippers and the Lakers, in my opinion, I just don't see them really competing with those two squads. But I would not be surprised that they are, like I talked about with other teams, make noise in the playoffs and show that, you know, hey – in maybe like two years, we're really going to make a noise in the West. So you better watch out for us. So I would say the correct term I want to use for them is dark horse. I don't think they're ready yet to make that jump to be a contender. 
But I, I know everyone says watch out for Denver, and it may get a little old. Like, when, is they, when are they actually going to break out? But I do expect them in the next couple of years to be a very good team. Obviously, they can handle it financially with the contracts because I know you got a lot of players they got to sign because, you know, I think Jamal Murray's still making like four mil, which he's got to, you know, get some sort of extension. But it'll be interesting to see what, interesting to see what can happen. I'm very excited to see this uh, Nuggets team in the next couple of years. But to me, they're not a contender yet. Um, all right, a little bit of a fact check here, Kurt. Jamal okay. Murray did sign a contract. Okay. Okay, so I'm on ESPN. You got a massive one. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I'm on salary right now, and it's saying Jamal Murray is making – Oh, I see that, 4.44. Right, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, like, I don't think that's right, but I was just – Yeah, I guess it was an extension, and it's like it starts next right. year or something. So, yeah, my, my apologies yeah. on that. Oh, it's okay. The viewers will forgive you. They love I hope, Kurt. I hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I never actually gave my term that I would use. I would use dark force too just because similar to the celtics um i'm not expecting it but i wouldn't be extremely shocked if i saw them in you know the conference finals although i do really don't think they can beat either of the la teams but um yeah they just got to unleash michael porter jr because he's the next kd so that's that's all they need yeah Yeah, he's the goat um all right moving on to number four in the east miami um i'm just gonna come out and say it they're pretenders um they can't win a game when it's not on their home court. Obviously, neutral court is pretty, you know, that's an interesting topic to talk about. It's for another day. Um, you know, is neutral court closer to home or closer to away? I would much, I would argue that it's much closer to away. Although, it is in Orlando that they're playing and, you know, they're the Miami Heat. So, although there's no fans, so I don't know what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter at all. Uh, but, yeah, it, it is, you know, I don't know, same state. Maybe it's in the blood. It's in the air. But, uh, yeah, so I just don't think Miami, you know, if they're not on their home court, they're not very good. They're definitely a very, very young team. You know, Jimmy Butler is pretty much, like, the only one that – I mean, they got Udonis Haslam, who's probably, like, 94 on the bench, but he doesn't actually go in the games. So it's pretty much Jimmy Butler with a bunch of young, you know, kids running around, and it's like – I just I don't see it happening. I mean, I think they'll beat Indiana, but um, I'm gonna say pretender just because. I mean, four seed, four seeds relatively usually can make some runs, but I don't see Miami making a run. Same with me, and I like Miami. I love Eric Spolstra, and kind of obviously we saw what he did with the big three, so it is capable for him to make a finals. But I'm just like. I don't know the specific reason. I'm just not the biggest Miami Heat fan. And I love Bam Adebayo and what he did. And in my opinion, he's going to uh, win most improved player. But there's just, like, I don't know. Because to me, you look at Jimmy Butler, and obviously Jimmy Butler weighs on this, like, regular season is phenomenal. But to me, I don't expect Jimmy Butler kind of to make a huge impact in the playoffs. I don't know really the specific reason why I'm thinking that. I just, like you said, and in my opinion, I think they're a pretender. And I think that we honestly could be looking at an instance where they're losing first round. I don't think that's going to happen. But, like, if you're pairing them up against a 76ers or even a Pacers, like, those two teams could definitely give Miami a run for their money in the first round. And I'm not even just – I'm not even saying I think Miami is going to lose first round. I'm just saying that the possibility of that happening is very high. So – I'm not the biggest Miami fan. So to me, I would agree with you on that aspect. And I would say, I think I give them a pretender 
don't even have them as a dark horse, maybe making a run. I don't see that actually transpiring. So to me, they're a pretender. Yep, yep, yep. Moving on to number four in the West, Utah, pretender. Um, love Donovan Mitchell, but they also just seem like a team that's kind of like the Raptors from like two years ago or two or three years ago. Um, I think they definitely have, you know, Donovan Mitchell is probably more of a playoff performer than DeMar Kyle Lowry is, in my opinion. And obviously he's still young. Um, Gobert is... Gobert is good in his own right, but he's also pretty overrated, I think, in my opinion. Um, he's pretty one-dimensional. And, I don't know, the team is overall pretty good, but also at the same time, they haven't really done as good as we were expecting. They definitely picked it up towards the mid of the season. But uh, I, I don't see them – if they have to play OKC in the first round, I have them losing OKC. Right, I was just about to say that. If they do end up playing OKC in the first round, I have OKC winning, and I'll talk about how much I love that OKC roster. But to Utah, and I think that we kind of discussed this, um, and you're going to see this more as we go down the list of teams, but Utah, I guess you can make, you know, I guess Mitchell maybe or Gobert could maybe be that one guy, but, like, they don't, I, in my opinion, don't have that guy that can just take over a game. Like, I don't really expect – when you're down by however many points for Donovan Mitchell to just go off and just absolutely demolish the other team and take over the game. And I think that Utah is going to lose first round, whether they play Houston or OKC or even maybe Dallas. And I love Utah. And I think that the addition of Mike Conley, what we saw in the offseason, everyone was very excited for Utah and they still have won 41 games. And, you know, they, I guess if you're on the, you know, if you're on the stance of, I think they are a dark horse team, I see your point. But to me, I agree with you on that. Um, Sully, that I think they're going to be a pretender and I don't expect them winning first round. Yep, I agree. They're, they're definitely close to dark horse, but they're not quite there. They, Donovan Mitchell probably needs another year. Yeah. Um, Pacers, five seed. Uh, I, may have seen, I mean, I don't even know what I just said. That was definitely not English. But – Obviously, um, I have them as – I mean, I don't really – honestly, I don't really like this game now that I'm thinking about it because you can't say contender, pretender, dark horse. You're leaving out the people that just aren't in contention. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Indiana is just – they don't have a chance at winning this. I mean, I, I, Victor Oladipo came back, wasn't as good as he was before. Granted, he had a pretty big injury, just got back to playing basketball. He's now had a pretty big break that might help him, could also hurt him. He really hasn't played that much basketball in the last year. Um, but, I mean, a healthy Victor Oladipo, like, I, like you said, that Indiana squad could definitely beat Miami. Um, but also at the same time, it's like I don't see them beating anyone else. Yeah. So unless it's like a seven seed Brooklyn or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm just going to go with not in contention. Right. And you feel bad. Cause like, you don't want to say they're a pretender because I don't know if that's the right term we want to use, but at the same time, they obviously had no chance of kind of winning at all, but this Pacers team, I feel like maybe the right term I could use is dark horse. And I just, cause I really like this Pacers squad. And I think that it'll be really interesting to see what Victor Oladipo can do having this long of a rest, you know, coming back from that horrific injury. What is he, what is he going to do when he's even more healthy and he's had some time off? DeMontis Sabonis has taken a huge jump, obviously making an all-star and I'm a huge Sabonis fan. Um, and anyone kind of saying that he didn't deserve to be an all-star, I, you know, disagree. 
Um, and then you have like a Miles Turner, and then you have other young players in that squad. Like Doug McDermott's averaging like I think ten or eleven points a game, and like I've heard like no one really talk about Doug McDermott. So this Pacers squad. Doug McDermott, wow, what a name! Love that what a guy. Throwback. Yeah. Um, but like in all honesty, though, like I don't have the Pacers really making it far. But I like the roster per se. Like I don't know the correct term I want to use for this Pacers squad. Because I don't want people to like – I think they for sure can win a first-round game and potentially win a second, even though I don't think that's going to happen. Like, I don't know what the right term is. Maybe dark horse. Don't think they're a contender. And I don't really want to say they're a pretender because I think they could make some noise. So maybe dark horse, I guess, is the right word to use. Yeah, I think it comes down to Miles Turner. It just is disappointing this year. Uh, you know, based on what he did last year, he thought he would have a pretty solid year, you know, similar to make a jump similar to Bam, obviously, maybe not as good because Bam's jump was really, really impressive. But, you know, he was, you know, on a similar trajectory, in my opinion. Um, different players, but similar trajectory in terms of progression. You thought, you know, Miles Turner had a really impressive year last year, but, you know, it wasn't anything crazy, and you thought he would be able to, you know, build upon that. But he hasn't really done anything that much this year. So mm-hmm. I think that's where they fall short for me. Um, but, yeah, it's, I think, like we said, maybe win first round, but really nothing after that. Uh, so moving on to number five in the West, OKC. We talked about this a little bit. Um, I mean, OKC is interesting because they are that team that doesn't really have that star power. I mean, Chris Paul is kind of – he is definitely that star. It's fair to say that. But at the same time, he's not – when you look at the stats, you wouldn't say that he is. Um, He's more about, you know, crunch time. Obviously, he leads the league in clutch buckets still. And he's really just pulled that team together to play, like, one of the better units in the league. And, you know – SGA has been amazing this year. Gallinari has been very, very good. As he has been his entire career, he's been underrated. Um, And Steven Adams is a beast. It's just a really good squad. I think they're similar to – I keep bringing this up, but that Raptors squad from two, three years ago, yet they have more of like a playoff. You know, they have CP3. He's definitely a way better better leader than uh, DeMar or Kyle Lowry ever was. So – I think that they can make way more noise than a team like the Raptors that were two years ago. Even though the Raptors were the one seed and OKC is the fifth seed, I think that OKC is a better playoff team than that team was. Um, so I think that they'll beat Utah if they play, and I think that they can definitely make some more noise after that. But I'm still going to say um, dark horse, I guess, but at the same time, I think they get demolished by an LA team. Yeah, because like whoever they play second round, it's I don't, I don't expect them to win. But yeah. with OKC – I was so wrong in OKC, and I'm so happy I was wrong. Coming into the season, I was not high on them at all. I thought that the addition of CP3 was a bit of a question mark. It was like, that makes – I didn't really understand that. Um, and I didn't – obviously, I don't think anyone did expect for Shea Gillies Alexander to have the year he's having right now. Um, but it's all worked out so well. Chris Paul is having a phenomenal year. Shea's having a ridiculous year. And you still have great players in that squad, like a Dennis Schroeder, Steven Adams. Like, they have a very good team, obviously, led by Billy Donovan. So, to me, you know, this OKC team, I fully expect to win a first-round matchup. But like we said, with the five-seed, obviously, having to play the one-seed in the second round, I don't expect them to beat an L.A. team, whether that be the Lakers or the Clippers. So, you know, I want to be so high on this OKC team. And I think that, you know, I'm very invested to see – what they can do even next season, because I don't think this year 
they're going to really make a run. But um, I would say, like you, like you said, maybe a dark horse, but I fully expect them to just not even win a second round game. And if you're, if it's OKC versus the Lakers second round, like as much as I love OKC, I'm probably going to have LA winning that matchup in like five or six. So um, as yeah. much as that hurts to say, cause I love OKC and what they've done and how much they proved me wrong at, at, at one, at a, at a point you have to realize that LA just is a much better squad. Yeah. And honestly, it just, this is like making me realize how much the, not, I shouldn't say the NBA sucks, but like at the same time, it's like, we're talking about the fifth seed here. And we say they have no chance of winning a second, like in the second right. round when in like the NFL, like literally any team can win the Super Bowl. I mean, the Eagles, when they beat the Patriots, like no one was expecting that. It's like, right. I don't know. It's just like the NBA is like, the, it's like three teams and then it's gotten better. It's definitely gotten better. I mean, like Toronto can make some noise. Boston definitely, there's like definitely like five or six teams that can make some noise instead of like two, but it's still a little mm-hmm. disappointing to me that like a fifth seed has like no chance, which they have in the past right now. It's a little weird, yep. but um, all right, moving on. Sixth seed in the East, Philadelphia 76ers. I think this is one of the more interesting teams in the playoffs. I'm going to say Dark Horse um, because this is another team that sucks on the road and they're very, very good at home. So it'll be interesting to see how the neutral court will play. I think the rest is going to do Joel Embiid almost as like good as anyone it did in the league. Um He's a he's a player that needs all the rest he can get because he you know he runs up the court one or two times and then he like walks like he has like he's in molasses or something, um, so that will be good. Obviously Ben Simmons and him they don't play great playoff basketball together just scheme wise it doesn't really work out for the most part but they are extremely talented along with the rest of the roster so um, it's possible they make some noise because you know in the playoffs. It's it really comes down to I mean scheme is definitely huge and chemistry is really really big but sometimes these playoff games come down to who's more talented and the Philadelphia 76ers have one of the more talented rosters or just starting five I should say in the NBA so when they play a team like Boston and that's a three versus six I would not be shocked at all for Philadelphia to win that series I think it's very very possible um might even have them favored if, if that's crazy to say just because you know Boston has Tice they're rolling Tice out against Joel Embiid um it's you know and then they have out the 76ers have Al Horford too so it's like who is going to guard all these players um so it, it's going to be an interesting interesting game interesting so matchup. with me I have them as a obvious pretender i am not a fan of the 76ers squad at all and the fact that damn yeah and the fact that brett brown still has a job is mine oh he sucks yeah like he's disappointed season after season playoff after playoff and like it's crazy it's just crazy to me that he has a job so with this 76ers squad though like i love ben simmons and i've said this you know, when me and Sam were making the top 50 NBA players list, I, I loved Ben Simmons, and we both love Ben Simmons. And I'm even a big fan. I, I guess you could say I, I like Joel Embiid. I'm not, like, a huge fan of him, but I don't hate him. I think when he actually tries and cares about the sport, he's phenomenal. Um, but look at – like, when I look at the 76ers in the first round, as of right now, they're playing the Celtics. And I know I'm kind of just literally going against what you said, but I give them no chance to beat the Celtics at all. And even when wow. you're playing, if they move up to a five seed, because they're currently t- 
tied on record with the Pacers. They move up to the five seed and play in Miami. Like I still have Miami favored in that series. And if I like, I would not be surprised if we see an instance where Philadelphia, you know, we were so hype on them at the beginning of the season. We said, and I, I was the first to say it. I'm not going to go against it. I was like, I think the Sixers could be a two or three seed in the East and make a big run. You know, you saw the addition. I know they lost Jimmy Butler, but you have an Al Horford. You have Tobias Harris. You have Ben Simmons. You have Joe Embiid. How does that roster not make a lot of noise in the East? When you're comparing the East and the West, how does that roster not make a lot of noise in the East? And it just hasn't. They're currently a sixth seed. It feels like as of right now, you know, I think Brett Brown should just be gone right now, but it's not my decision. It's just crazy to me. And I, in my opinion, think they're a pretender and I don't see them really making any noise in the playoffs. And I expect them probably to lose first round. And that's that. Well, Kurt, I'm sorry to tell you, but they're going to beat this, the Boston in the first round and they lead the regular series three to one. I don't know if you know that 76ers lead the regular series three to one against Boston. Granted their latest matchup, they got blown out, but they won the three previous ones, so mm-hmm. I just think I think Philadelphia matches up really, really well against Boston, and I don't say that a lot. Of, I don't say that about a lot of teams. I don't say they match up against a lot of teams just because I don't think Philadelphia matches up with themselves well at all. Um, we talked about it a million times. I just mentioned how they don't play well together, but at the same time, it's like. I just think they have too many matchup problems for Boston. Obviously, Boston is a it's, – it's honestly going to be a great series, I think. You think they're going to get destroyed? I don't know if destroyed is the right word. I think that Philadelphia could Annihilated? win a games. <laughs> no, but, like, if – I'm, I'm pretty sure Boston's going to win. Like, I would right. I would bet a good amount right. on that. <laughs> okay, I'll bet you $5,000. Okay. Sounds good. No. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I do know. I, I think I got, I got Philadelphia. That's what I'm going with. You're going with Boston. So when it happens, maybe we'll, we'll have we'll do a little something fun with that. Yeah, we'll, but, we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Moving on, number six in the West, the Houston Rockets. Um, contender. I got contender. Uh, strictly because I think it's very possible they lose in the first round against Denver. Okay, I like I like Denver, um, but at the same time, I think it's possible they make the finals just because they're playing a game of basketball that like we haven't. I mean, we've seen it. It's like it's basically what we've been transitioning to, but they just like push the lever full throttle and they just like skipped like three steps and now they're just like yeah, we're just strictly like we're not gonna have a center like PJ Tucker like you're six seven like go play center <laughs> and it's like okay yeah you're probably gonna get destroyed by the Lakers but at the same time it's like. It's just such an interesting style of play with such great superstars and James Harden and Russell Westbrook. I think if they're both on the top of their game during the playoffs, I mean, Houston rattling off 25 threes in a game, is, is it's possible. So uh, I think that uh, they got a chance here, but I'm going to go contender. Uh, as much as I think that they could lose in the first round too, so it's weird. You'd think I'd say dark horse, but at the same time – yeah, I guess I'm, I, I kind of convinced myself to say Dark Horse, I think. Yeah, I, but, uh, I'm so confused by this Rockets team. It literally can go any way for me. So the Rockets lost four straight, I think, before the season ended, except I think they got a win before the last game of the season. But the, anyway, they were not playing well as the season was coming to an end. So I think that this two-month break could benefit them for the fact that they were not playing the best basketball. Um, but... 
I look at that small ball. And like we said, putting PJ Tucker at the five, like I, I don't think that's going to work. And like, obviously with the small ball, we've seen an incredible performance by Russell Westbrook. And we both love Russell Westbrook. And I know Zach loves Russell Westbrook, but like, I don't fully see the small ball working in the playoffs. And I know we've seen time and time it get exposed, but also we've seen time and time it work. So that's why I'm so confused. And I'm like a huge Mike D'Antonio stand. Like I loved him in Phoenix and I love him. Um, I've never heard anyone say that. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's weird. Cause like a lot of people, <laughs> cause even like Rockets fan, I remember the Rockets lost a game. I can't remember. It was one of the LA teams. I think I want to say it was the Lakers and everyone in the comments, like fire Mike D'Antoni. And I'm like, no, I don't think he's the reasoning for them not playing well. Like, so, you know, I, I'm so confused by them. I think, like you said, I would not be surprised if like Houston makes like the Western conference finals and just shocks everyone, but I would not be surprised if they lose in six to Denver. Like it literally can go either way. Yeah. I'm in the same so, boat. I don't want to put them as pretender. Cause if I do, I know that James Harden's going to drop 40 every night and prove me wrong but I don't yeah. want to say contender because I know that they're going to mess the whole small ball lineup up and lose in the first round of five games. So I guess the correct term is dark horse. And I really just have no idea what to expect from this. And I know that in the playoffs, you know, James Harden, even in the regular season is phenomenal. And it's just, I, I'm confused and I don't know what to expect from this Houston team. I guess dark horse is the right term I want to use. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting squad. Um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, moving on, number seven in the East, Brooklyn Nets. Not much to say about this. They are um, not in contention at all. Obviously, we don't even know if Kyrie's going to play. Yeah. Um, so th- they're going to get swept. I, I, I don't give them any chance. <laughs> yeah. At least to make – like, especially with me just talking so much on Toronto. I, I, yeah, no. All yeah, right. No chance. <laughs> Um, moving on. Number seven in the West. This one's interesting. Dallas. Um, honestly, I love Luca. Probably the biggest Luca fan out there. Um, I mean, actually, that's not true. Some people are probably weirdly obsessed with this dude, but uh, he's a beast. I, I've already said. I mean, he could go top. He can go down as top five of all time. Obviously, that's extremely aggressive at this point in his career. But it's if you look at the trajectory, I mean, he's he's on path. Yeah, it's, it's um, just really look at the stat bad. line in the second year. I mean, he's basically a top five MVP candidate in his second year of playing basketball. Um, but that being said, I still think they get swept by uh, LA. I mean, you get Kawhi on Luca for a full series. I, I think he's going to have some problems. Yeah. He, he's probably just not used to that type of play. Um, I mean, he's still a beast. He can make things happen. I'm not saying he's going to get shut down, but he'll probably have some tough shooting performances and uh, he's he might just be a little too you know I don't want to say he's too young for the moment because I and obviously he hasn't had great clutch stats this year at all he's literally like zero for nine on game winners or something uh, he's pretty his three point three point shooting is pretty down this year as well so um, like I said all those things I think they're gonna get better as he grows and I think he's gonna be a great great player in this league, this league I think he's gonna win multiple MVPs but. I just don't think they have it this year to beat LA. It's just too good of a team, especially when they got Kawhi guarding Luka. So they're going to make it hard on him. His teammates are going to have to step up and, you know, Dallas is a solid team, but it's not the, it's not the surrounding cast that like Boston has. Yeah. If they stick at that seven seed and play LA first round, I don't really see any chance of them defeating them. But if they, you know, win 
some games in the obviously the eight game regular season, then I think that they could move up to six. Um, and obviously with that, they would have to play Denver. And I think that they do have a good chance of knocking off them as an upset. I like this Dallas squad. I know we praised Luca, but it's for the right reasons. So, and I'm obviously very excited to see what next year holds with Luca and Christophs Porzingis joining the squad. Um, so Dallas to me, I guess I would have to say them as a pretender though. And no way do I really see them making a Western conference finals. I do like the squad. And I think that, you know, it's a fairly young squad and we could see them do very well in the next couple of years. But as of right now, it's just too early for them to make a deep run in the playoffs. So I have them kind of as a pretender. You think if Luca averaged a triple double, if Luca averaged a 30 point triple double in the playoffs and they won the finals, would he be the best player in the league? Definitely. I, I feel like definitely top three. I think you um, got to give it to him. Right. Right. Which is crazy. I mean, I mean that would be, it's kind of, yeah, that would be insane. Crazy. I want that to happen so bad. That'd be sick. But, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, best player in the league is kind of like a fluid term. Like, really, I just think obviously, yeah. The reason just... why I'm hesitant is because, like, we, it's literally second year in the league. Like, we haven't seen him yeah. prove it over a long time. But, like, if he's already doing what he's done in the small sample size, like, yeah. How can he? Not? I mean, I'm someone that I'm someone that just jumps the gun. Like, I already, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest QB to ever play the game. Like, already <laughs> for me. Like, I jump the gun on everything, which, I mean, is I, I think it's totally reasonable because it's it's all about predicting stuff. I mean, it's what sports are. You got to predict things. Yep. Obviously, sports are extremely unpredictable, so that's where you kind of look stupid a lot of times. But it's like, um, if I'm going to say Patrick Holmes is the greatest QB ever, in 12 years, I genuinely believe he will go down as the greatest QB ever. Right. So it's like, right now, he's the greatest QB ever for me. I mean, obviously, not greatest. He's the best. Um, he will be the greatest, though. But moving on, that's a, that's a different debate. Um, Moving on, I mean, I don't think we really need to talk about this. Magic getting swept. They're pretenders. Memphis, solid team. It's going to be an exciting series. I think there's going to be cool plays, but pretender, obviously. I would give Memphis um, – I would give them one game. Probably one game. You think game. they could take a game off the Lakers? I think if it's like a game three or four uh, – never mind, that makes no sense. I was going to say at home, but – no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's no home game, so it's I like, forget, yeah. like, I forget about that, to be honest. I know. It's going to be interesting, honestly. It's going to be really weird. I don't know. Like, um, maybe – I think the best they could do is five. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll easily. We'll um, all right, so now looking at the teams that were invited that could potentially make some uh, make a run here. Uh, do you got anyone – I mean, I, I think we're probably going to say the same teams. It's Portland and the Pelicans are really the teams that could maybe make a push here. Yeah. Um, I mean, a push for the eighth seed and then probably get swept. Maybe take a game. I mean, if you get Portland fully healthy and they're playing the Lakers, I could see one or two games um, just because, you know, Dane can do his thing. But at the same time, it's like the Lakers are just so much better than Portland. Um, I personally want to see Zion. I want to see Zion Lakers uh, because I know whatever team is playing the Lakers is going to get swept or maybe win a game. So it's like I want to see Zion versus LeBron. Yeah, just makes sense. Like – I know that sounds stupid, but, like, it'll be kind of interesting to see Carmelo in the playoffs because how long has he – That's a good point. That's a good point. Didn't think about like, that. how long has he That'd been be cool. out of the playoffs for? Like, it's been a couple of years, I guess you could say. Yeah. So, Although he's another one of those players that's like, I don't know if I want to go. So Right. But – We'll see what happens. Like, for good old time's sake, seeing, like, Carmelo versus LeBron, like, obviously Carmelo is not anywhere near LeBron's standard nowadays, but bring yeah, back some better. good remembrance from 2003 and 2004. Um, so 
But like with the Pelicans, I think that this is the team that I would expect probably to get the – like if they were to make a run and go for the eighth seed, I would expect the Pelicans more than the Blazers, to be honest. I'm like the biggest Zion – not the biggest Zion fan, obviously, but I'm a huge Zion fan. And I think that it will be so exciting to see what he – like if you have a Zion versus LeBron matchup in the first round, we just said this, but like LeBron is and the Lakers are obviously going to win like four or five, but you cannot tell me that – everyone would be tuning in for that game. It'd be insane. Yeah, so I mean, like, we make all the jokes that are like, yeah, the NBA is trying to get Zion in the playoffs. Like, I want to see it. But yeah, I, like... I want, I want that to happen. I, you bet. Like, even I'd as, be like, a very avid game. basketball fan, like, I want that to happen. So right. it's like, I can't really blame them. And they probably ran a bunch of surveys and, like, the, everyone wanted Zion. So it's like, <laughs> right. you know, everyone them and them surveys. Zion. Right. But yeah, so, I mean, yeah. Obviously, the Wizards are not making it, but... <laughs> Tough. Yeah. I mean, I the Pelicans are what five? Ga- they're four games behind. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough to get there. Yeah, but uh, we shall see. We shall see. Now we're gonna uh, transition into our NFL segment, ranking the QBs, top ten QBs, and head coach duos. Um, obviously, we've been running pretty long, so if we want to go down this relatively quickly, but yeah. we'll go. We'll go slide by slide or we'll go spot by spot starting at 10 and then just give a one or two sentence on why you think that, why you put them there. Okay. Um, I, maybe we should start at one because I feel like it's easier to defend when you know who's ahead of them. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. All right, so we're going to start at one. Um, we both have the same one, I really hope. Mahomes, Andy Reid. Yes, I do. Yep. <laughs> There's nothing really said about that. Andy Reid, obviously a great offense, like one of the best offensive coaches we've seen in a long time. Um, and just the best player of all time. Wins- Yes, exactly. Best player of all time in my homes. But uh, number two, we might have a different one here. I got Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. What do you got? I have Harbaugh and Lamar. So okay, I think that, yeah, Lamar, I'm going to keep this kind of short, but Lamar, I guess we've only seen him for one season, but what he did in that one season was just phenomenal. John Harbaugh winning coach of the year. Like when you have an MVP and a coach of the year on the same squad, in my opinion, I think they just have to be at least top two, top three. I'm so like, I just think they're phenomenal, so I think that they go at number two. Yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, I got Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. Um, I think Pete, I think Russell Wilson – I mean, Pete Carroll is a great coach for me. I think Russell Wilson carries this relationship a little bit just because I think he's far and away the second-best QB in this league. Uh, him and Mahomes are in a separate tier compared to everyone else. And I think Pete Carroll is still a really, really good coach, so that's why I have him number two. I have Lamar Jackson and Harbaugh three for the same reasons you just said. Who do you have three? I have Carroll and Wilson at three. So Okay, so we Our pretty much just swapped. It's, yeah. yeah. All right. So we're, we're doing good. We're mm-hmm. doing good. Number four, Drew Brees, Sean Payton. What do you got? I, me as well. Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Okay. All right. So we're doing good. Um, I got number five. This I bet this is going to be different. Actually, I don't know. I got Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan. I, I have the same. All right. Uh, for the folks out there, this is not planned. This is not planned. We didn't plan this. We don't have the same brain, but moving on. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, LaFleur, number six. I have Peterson and Wentz. Okay. All right. So, Why do you think he's better than Aaron Rodgers and LaFleur? Okay. So I think that Rodgers is a better quarterback than Wentz. I'm on, and I'm guessing you agree with that. And obviously we both love yep. Aaron Rodgers. But when you're looking at a head coach standpoint, I really think that Peterson is a better head coach than LaFleur. I obviously understand that LaFleur, his sample size is pretty small, but what he did in that one year was phenomenal, going to the NFC Championship game, 
But Peterson, I just feel like he's had to deal with a lot worse, and he's done very well with it. Like, if you look at last year, um, obviously the most Eagles thing to do, and obviously I'm happy about it because I'm a Redskins fan, but, like, they've just been so unlucky so many times. Had to put Josh McCown in for the playoff game. Like, there's just many instances where I'm like, you know, I feel like Peterson kind of gets unlucky with the squad. And to me, he's a top five or top six NFL head coach. So in this instance, I'm kind of on the head coaching side on why I think that he should be higher. Um, I love Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers too, and they're coming up soon on my list. But to me, I think that Peterson and Wentz sits nicely at number six. All right, that's fair. Uh, I, I don't think that the, the gap between LaFleur and Peterson is huge. And I think, and, yeah, that, I, don't I, I think the gap between them is smaller than the gap between Rodgers and Wentz. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Wentz, when healthy, is a very, very good quarterback. So I think the argument could be made that he uh, should be up there. But uh, moving on, I have Wentz and Peterson next. I'm going to assume you have Rodgers and LaFleur. Yeah, I have Rodgers and LaFleur next. Okay. All right. So we switched on them. Then I got at number eight, I got Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. This one's kind of aggressive. In my I opinion. have Tomlin and Roethlisberger. See, okay, that was – I figured we would both forget those guys. I forgot. I forgot them, and I went back, and you'll, you'll see what I did. But okay. I kind of forgot them, but you go go ahead. Yeah, so Tomlin is a phenomenal head coach. I think me and you can both agree on that. And Big yeah. Ben, I don't want people to discredit Big Ben because he was injured last season. When you have a healthy Big Ben, he's not a bad quarterback whatsoever. And I think that – when he's healthy this year, you know, obviously with Duck Hodges, they went, what, what was it, 8-8 eight and eight last year? And, like, I, I'm very excited to see what Tomlin can do when he has a healthy Big Ben on his squad. And people forget that when those two are together, they're always a competitive franchise in that AFC North. So, like, to me, I just think that, like, ne- what we saw last year with no Big Ben, I feel like we should not forget what they're capable of doing when they're both together and Big Ben is healthy. Yeah, definitely fair. I went Kyler and Cliff more so on. That's kind of my prediction for this upcoming year. I think that's just kind of, they're kind of going to slide into like the seven area, seven, eight area. Um, obviously, they were solid last year, but the team was pretty bad. Uh, the roster obviously was the problem. Didn't have, didn't have an O-line at all. I think Kyler's going to make a really, really big step, especially with DeAndre Hopkins now. And I think Cliff Kingsbury already showcased his, you know, offensive repertoire, what he's got going on. I think he's a great offensive coach. So that's why I have him there. But uh, at number nine, I got Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien. Hmm. I have Arians and Brady. Okay, interesting. So um, I, I Okay, you go, you go. No, I won't go too much into detail, but Tom Brady, I guess you could say he took a little bit of a fall off last year. I guess he's, yeah, entering, he the, <laughs> he's entering age 43. <laughs> But I'm very excited to see what he can do on Bruce Arians' offense. It's obviously going to be a lot be- different. I don't know if better is the right word. but a I mean, it just makes no sense to me. If you, it, like, realistically, this, makes, this pairing makes – I mean, they're both very good in their own right. Right, right. Well, That's what I'm Tom Brady, not so much anymore in my opinion. But at the same time, it's like Bruce Arians wants you to just throw the ball down the field. Tom yeah. Brady does, wants to do the complete opposite. It makes – right. And that – but – it makes sense on that aspect, but it's also unfair to kind of criticize. And in my opinion, like it's also, I guess, unfair to praise them when we haven't even seen them mesh together. And I think that if anyone was to prove any of us wrong, it would be Tom Brady. And I think that hopefully we'll see a different 
side of Brady, obviously being under Arians this year, it'll be a lot different. Uh, to me at nine, maybe it's a little bit too high, but it's all right. All right. I got, I got Watson and Bill O'Brien here. Um, obviously Watson is a great, great quarterback um, approaching, you know, he's near that top five. Um, I mean, he's not, he's in my top five. Definitely. He's probably like number four, uh, four or five, but Bill O'Brien, I mean, I think he's a horrible GM and I think he's overrated as a head coach. People are like, Oh no, Bill O'Brien just a bad GM. He's a great head coach. I don't think he's a great head coach, but I don't, I don't think he's bad. I think he's definitely still in, you know, um, the top 10 ish top 12 of head coaches. But when you add the play of Deshaun Watson, I think that brings you into, you know, that nine, 10 range of duos. But uh, that's what I got. At number 10, I have Goff McVeigh. McVeigh obviously carries this relationship for the most part. Um, but Goff is okay. I think he's going to have a better year than he had last year. Um, but that, that's what I have at number 10. What do you have? I have Kingsbury and Kyler at number 10. Uh, okay. For the same reasons you kind of discussed, I think Kyler's going to have a phenomenal sophomore year. And usually we see a sophomore year either a downfall or a jump, and I think he's going to take a huge jump. I love Cliff Kingsbury and – you know, I guess the opposite of Arians and Brady, Kingsbury and Kyler just mesh so well together and they're a perfect duo. So, you know, as of right now, I don't have super high standards, I guess you could say of them because going five, 10 and one wasn't the best rookie year, but I do expect them to get a lot better, did some good moves in the draft. So I'm excited to see this Cardinals team for the uh, time being. Yeah. And they, they managed to get a tie, which is pretty impressive. So I'll give them credit. I'll give them credit for that. Um, yeah, so I had honorable, men- like I said, I kind of forgot Big Ben and Tomlin. I gave him as an honorable mention. I still don't know if I'd put them in the top 10, in my opinion, just because Big Ben is coming off an injury and he's very, very old at this point. And he is like kind of like a bigger quarterback. So his body is kind of breaking down on him. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. He probably will be in the top 10. Um, and this duo will probably be in the top 10 this year, but it's hard for me to put them there right now. And then obviously I have Brady Arians. I think they're obviously both really, really talented. Um, in, in their respective positions. But at the same time, the, the pairing of them doesn't make much sense to me. But the talent probably is close to bringing them in the top 10 for me. But th- those are my answers. Those are our lists. I honestly think we can make an Instagram post out of this. I think it's a pretty interesting post. Yeah. Um, so all the OG, you know, the, the hardcore ASC fans get, get it first, but probably make it into an Instagram post. But that's going to be it for this episode of Highlighted All Sports Culture Podcast. Sully and Kurt, you know, coming back with another episode. Um, Next week, we're going to be back, try to get a guest on. We'll see what happens. But that's going to be all for today. Uh, Make sure you're leaving us a rating on Apple Podcasts, following us on Instagram and on Twitter. And Sully and Kurt out.